Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. America's Black Robe Regiment is a group of Christian pastors who are gathering to take back America. They have meetings coming up in New York, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Virginia. Reverend Bill Cook will explain. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we're talking about the Black Robe Regiment, not the one that was happening back in the American Revolution. Of course, that's our history, right? Uh, but today, there is a new America's Black Robe Regiment that is assembling groups and crowds of pastors in many, many states, including the ones I mentioned. Uh, right, welcome to the show, Reverend Bill Cook, who is with us via Skype to explain the upcoming meetings. How are you today, sir? I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you for the introduction and welcome. It's good to be with you today. Well, you too. I was so excited and blessed last year when I attended one of your Black Robe Regiment meetings. I flew to Virginia Beach, uh, my old stomping grounds. I was there for 10 years with uh, Pat Robertson and, and Regent University uh, but and the U.S. Navy, in fact. But 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 tell us, about that meeting, because I was so inspired to meet with like-minded pastors who are trying to take back America. What does that mean to you? Well, what it means to me is, and what we did in that meeting, we called it the Gideon's 300, and we had a, a document there, you can see part of it behind me on the, to my, over my uh, left shoulder, and uh, I, maybe the camera's reversed, but it's over my left shoulder, and it's basically a Gideon's 300 pledge. It's, it's a, commitment that pastors made at that event to do certain things, which essentially summed up, amounted to preaching the whole God, the whole counsel of God as it relates to area, every area of life, including political, including government. And uh, so that's what we did. And, and pastors signed it. It was an incredible day. We had 150 signatures to the, doc, to the document. And uh, then we had a commissioning later that afternoon at, as part of the reawakening tour. Well, I was pleased to be part of that, uh, and I learned a lot. There, I, I met like-minded pastors, I met patriots, uh, I met activists, and, and that's different than your traditional, you know, uh, even, even some evangelical churches don't like to talk about issues of the day or news reports like we do. Um, but you're, what, what, is, what is different with the pastors that are attracted to your movement? Well, what one of the things that, that we're teaching and that I hope that more pastors are understanding today is that if, if we take into consideration biblical worldview, the principles in a biblical worldview, we know, according to Scripture, there's two kinds of people in the world right now, those who know Jesus and those who don't know him. The ones who don't know him are called the children of disobedience, and the Scripture tells us that their behavior, their motivations are governed by the prince, something called the prince of the power of the air. That evil principle that, that rules over nations today, many nations. And so we believe that the church has a, has a pivotal role to play directly in civil government. And in, in many ways, in the last, in previous decades, 
The church has abandoned its relationship to civil government, effectively turning it over to the children of disobedience. And we're right now in America, we are living through a government that is controlled by the children of disobedience, and uh, we need to take it back. So that is a, a, a unique calling for Christians or even pastors to be involved in some of that restoration movement, to hold the government accountable. Uh, you know, in the Old Testament, I like to compare, there were kings, and that's not us, right? But there were prophets, and they spoke to the kings, and that is us. And especially in an American-style democracy, where the people are sovereign over the elected officials, and the voters need to be mobilized and, and get their information from somewhere, would you rather they get it from the New York Times or from the pulpit? And I think the pulpit has a responsibility to inform people so that we can take our place, not as rulers necessarily, but as responsible citizens and, and people that are over the elected officials. Amen, and you know, one of the things we're advocating is that pastors uh, tell that their flocks that tell their flocks that they have a sacred obligation to vote. It's not a it's not a voluntary thing for a Christian, somebody that professes to know Jesus, to say, "I just don't feel like voting today. I'm not going to do my civic duty." The reason we're in this mess is because many have not done their civic duty, and we're preaching that as a sacred obligation, it's a divine injunction that God expects Christians to obey. And and we need to we need to uh, get past this idea of, you know. 80% is a good number. If the church votes 80%, that's a, that's a dismal failure. Every believer needs to vote and vote biblical values when they go into a voting booth. So uh, no, no staying home on election day by anyone in the church. That's right. Uh, and you are now having rallies and you've already had some like the one I attended in Virginia, but you're having upcoming rallies. We're gonna talk about that after this short break in states like New York, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Oklahoma, and again in Virginia, uh, right after this with Reverend Bill Cook. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, Jesus taught the parable about sowing the seed, and you don't want it wasted. You want it to grow with 30, 60, 100 fold for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you three mission areas that we're doing here at Pray in Jesus' Name. I think our charity does more with less than any other charity I know. We are fertile seed. For example, number one, we pray in millions of television homes every day or every weekend on eight networks. We have 2.5 billion home TV impressions every month. The second area, we feed orphans and children in some of the poorest slums overseas. We're building a new vocational school, we're digging wells, and we're serving the poor when you give to pray in Jesus' name. Number three, we defend religious freedom, especially for our troops and our chaplains. We've now helped send five million petitions to Congress. We've helped change bad laws or policies in 13 states and four times in federal law. You know my story as a former Navy chaplain, standing up for the right to pray in Jesus' name and defending religious freedom. Would you donate today? In fact, we want you to come up monthly pledge sponsor. When you visit PrayInJesusName.org, on the right side, click the monthly pledge sponsor button at PrayInJesusName.org. Your monthly gift will help change the world in Jesus' name. The Bible says this in James 1, that pure religion before God and the Father is 
to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. You know, we have been sponsoring up to 259 orphans and children in one of the poorest states in India for many years, but now there is a famine of biblical proportions happening because of the unemployment there. We are sponsoring people who otherwise cannot feed themselves. We've given over $10,000 to feed up to 100,000 meals to the poorest of poor in one of the poorest states in the world. We need your support. We need your financial contributions. Can you help us? There's somebody out there watching who could give $1,000 or even $10,000 toward a matching gift for what we have already provided. Please donate today. PrayInJesusName.org is our website. Or you can call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please help us feed the poor today. Today, I wanna to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined by Reverend Bill Cook. ABRR.US is the website, America's Black Robe Regiment. Pastor, what is the origins of the Black Robe Regiment movement? This dates back to the revolution. Thanks for, uh, by the way, thanks for uh, giving out our website, what we're challenging people to do. We need a thousand people to go to our website and donate $5 a month. We're not asking for them to pour out their income to give us everything, but we're a nonprofit and they can receive a tax deduction. We, we're just asking for $5 a month and that will go a long way to getting this message out. Um, one of the things, you mentioned the different states we're going to. One of the things we've, we have right now, we have 13 states right now that we have chapters in, chapters of the Black Robe Regiment. And uh, we're gonna be focusing in the, next, in the next year on a lot of the swing states where there's been fraud, systemic fraud in elections. And we're, we're telling pastors, you know, it's, you know, you need to broaden your understanding of your flock. Your flock isn't just the people that come to your building on Sunday morning. Your flock is the community in which your church exists. So that you have a you have a pastoral role in relation to civil government, in relation to the people that don't know Jesus in your community. And you, Jesus didn't say to go into a building and stay and then invite people to come forward. He said, go into all the world, go. That's what he commanded his disciples to do. Go, go preach the gospel. And we as the church need to be actively carrying the gospel into our communities and bringing, and bringing the principles of the kingdom of God to bear on local government because we, we care about the people in our communities. If we're shepherding our communities, which is what I believe we're called to do, then we are concerned about securing the blessings of liberty. And we're not just doing it for ourselves. The scripture says we're doing it for posterity. Um, we, don't, we don't embrace an eschatology that says, we just need to fold up, stay home, be the church, and let and just wait till Jesus comes back while the place burns down. Uh, we ha we have a curative role. We are the salt of the earth. We have a curative role within the civil society. We are called to be the curators of our temporal of our temporal domain, and so um, a, that the curative is the is the truth, the truth that Jesus taught, that the whole that scriptures teach. That's right. And during the American Revolution. The, the, the little 
you know, divisions or, or squadrons of soldiers were led by the local church pastor. Uh, and, yes, and many Reverend... of them were led by pastors. Yeah, many were led by pastors. We had the, the revolution started. What people, a lot of people don't know about Lexington. They think of the shot heard around the world and, and uh, Paul Revere riding into Lexington, shouting at the top of his lungs that the British are coming. That's not what he did. As, as I've told the story before, what he did was he rode into Lexington. He went straight to the, straight to the parsonage of the pastor, Jonas Clark, because that night with Clark, where Sam Adams and John Hancock were staying with him. Clark was considered the most powerful politician in Lexington and Concord as the pastor, and he had written all the significant government papers for the region. So when, when Revere went to his house, and Clark was a statesman, when Revere went to his house, he said, the British are coming by land. They have orders not to return without these two men that are staying with you tonight in stocks. And so uh, when he announced that to them, one of those two men turned to Jonas Clark, it was either Sam Adams or John Hancock, and said, sir, well, he's, for another way of putting it, he could have said, Pastor, will your people fight? And Jonas Clark said, I have prepared them for this very hour. And indeed he had, because there was, there was no separation between supporting, defending his community and, and being a man of God. So he had actually helped to train the militia, the men we call the Minutemen. And the next morning he watched the entire battle unfold from his parsonage door. And when the battle was over, he went out to check on the casualties, and he had, there were eight men from his flock that lay dead on Lexington Green. And he had to say the funeral that week with caskets, pine boxes piled eight high in the middle of his church. And uh, that became the spark that lit, lit the fire of revolution in America, that lit the fires of revolution, because it was considered an outrage, it was considered an act of murder. A pastor in Hopewell, New Jersey, Joab Houghton, he got the news three days later. Message, you know, people couldn't fire off emails, so he got the message in three days, and he jumped up on the big stone block in front of his church, where women mounted their horses, and he and he shouted, "The bread, the British are murdering our brethren of New England. Who follows me to Boston?" And with that, he led off all fifty men from his church to go to war against the British to fight them. Wow! And the pastors back in those days, they used to wear a black robe in the yes. pulpit, and that was their right. preaching uniform, sort of, so to speak. But uh, Reverend Muhlenberg and others, <clears throat> they would stand up in the pulpit, they would preach about the issues of the day, and then at the end, after the service, they would take off their black robe and sometimes have on a new military uniform, and they would be the regiment leaders, which you know is sort of symbolic of the black robe regiment. They, they would lead their men into battle, and sometimes they would carry a musket and they would you know, engage in, in defense of liberty against right. the tyrants. Now, we're not advocating for any kind of, you know, violent revolution here, but in the same spirit today, pastors need to take off the black robe and put on the uniform and go into the political trenches to lead their people into political battle, at least at the ballot box, if not also at the state legislature, or, you know, giving testimony before committees or uh, you know, uh, volunteering with the local political party, whichever party you happen to affiliate with, but defending the values of pro-life, pro-freedom, pro-Jesus, pro-Israel, uh, you know, pro-family, that America's children are under attack. Pastor, if you're not gonna defend your children, then who's going to? They need your leadership. Absolutely. 
And it's interesting that the term black regiment was a, was a British uh, pejorative against the clergy. They blamed the American clergy for the war for independence, what they call the rebellion. We call the war for independence or the fight for liberty. And they were right because the pastors had, of that era had preached the political worldview in the founding charters for many years before the American Revolution began so that they had made that, that worldview ubiquitous among the people by the time the Declaration of Independence was written. And as one historian wrote, there, because of the preaching of the era, there had been a revolution in the hearts and minds of the people before any shots were fired at Lexington. And again, I just want to encourage people to go to our website, sign up for our newsletter, and consider donating $5 a month to our cause. We need your support. I recommend it. I say people go to abrr.us. That's like America's Black Robe Regiment, right? abrr.us. Go ahead and sign up today. Become a monthly pledge sponsor. Uh, and this will help organize some of these meetings that you have a great expense, not just traveling from state to state, but organizing these pastors meetings. What are the cities in the five states that I mentioned upcoming? Uh, there's 14 cities that are all considered swing cities or swing counties. And we're, I, I can't name them off the top of my head. I have a list of them, but they're in, they're in places like, uh, like Arizona, uh, any any of the swing states that there were that there were uh, there was fraud in the 2020 election. But these rallies so, that are coming up, you say they're in Queens, New York. Uh, in right. what part of Michigan or Pennsylvania? It's going to be in Troy, Michigan. It's going to be in Western Pennsylvania around Pittsburgh, and uh, there'll be one in Stanton, Virginia. There'll be one in uh, at least the other one I mentioned was Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is going to be one in Oklahoma. We're actually partnering up with an organization called City Elders. And uh, we're gonna be working with them because we realize that we're fighting a battle that, that no single organization is going to win. We need to develop partnerships and work together. Absolutely, so, okay. Visit the website abrr.us and find out where those things are happening. We need you to register and attend. Let's take a short break. More with Bill Cook after this. This is PIJN News. Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. I want to introduce my friend, Mike Lindell, who wants to help support our ministry in the work of PIJN News. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Well, I think everybody out there, y'all need to get behind Pray in Jesus' Name's ministry. Dr. Chaps here, but this great ministry needs your support, and you, can, you should donate to it. You can also use your promo code PRAYNEWS, and anything you're getting from my pillow with big discounts, a lot of those proceeds are coming right back. I'm going to put them right back into this, into your amazing charity and show. Well, thank you, sir. I accept that endorsement, and we support your work at MyPillow.com. Remember, everybody, when you visit, use the promo code PRAYNEWS. You get a big discount, and our charity gets a little bit of help. So thank you, Mike Lindell, for your support. They get a lot of help. Not a little bit, a lot of help. <laughs> we need all we can get. For Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dog Whoa, bed. whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. 
That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35 or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by the Right Reverend William Cook with America's Black Robe Regiment. Uh, Pastor, you mentioned these conferences that are coming up. Can ordinary people attend these, or do you have to be a pastor? No, ordinary pe people can attend them, and in some cases, people, even though they're not pastors, they can always go to their own pastor and say, hey, pastor, get with the program, get involved, and join the Black Robe Regiment. So um, they can, even, even non-pastors can sign the Gideon's 300 Pledge. We'd like pastors to sign it, but, but anyone can sign it. It'll commit to liberty. Well, the... The, the metaphor there, of course, Gideon in the Old Testament was a, a religious leader, but he led an army. And the way that he, he selected his army, he started with, you know, 10,000, I'm going to round off the numbers here, 10,000 down to 1,000 down to 300. And there was a litmus test for how you got to be one of the 300. Uh, we don't have very high standards here. Anyone can sign the Gideon's 300 mm -hmm. pledge. Right. But we want pastors who are willing to get involved in the cultural fight. Uh, and if, when they sign that uh, certificate or that pledge, what do they get? Well, what we send them, we send them a copy of their signed pledge. They can sign it on our website at abrr.us. And we will send them a copy of their signed pledge along with the certificate of courage that they can display in their churches in a prominent location so that people that come into the church on Sunday mornings can see what they signed. Because this, some of the things they, they say in the pledge are things like, um, I will no longer divorce my role as a pastor from matters that have a direct bearing on the members of my flock on their temporal or eternal welfare, nor my role as a shepherd from the deliberations of civil government. But I will preach the whole counsel of God, a minimum of one election sermon before every election, and instill in my flock a biblical worldview by teaching and preaching all of the truths in the Bible. I will teach my flock that voting in every election for the most godly candidates is a sacred duty incumbent upon every believer, and I will provide ample opportunities for every member within vote, of voting age within my flock to register to vote. And I will seek the pastors with, to partner with other pastors in my local community to establish and maintain a culture of liberty within the local church and within our local community. That's a pretty stout commitment, but that's what now, we're challenging pastors to do. I love the words of that pledge. And notice, don't be afraid, pastors. Nowhere in that pledge did you promise to vote Republican or for Trump. Now, you might do that incidentally, but that's not what this is about. This is about taking back the culture, and there are hundreds of local elected offices. Uh, you know, in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, there's there's probably four state senators running for reelection. There's probably 10 U.S., uh, 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 sorry, uh, state representatives running for the Pennsylvania State House. 
Uh, there's county commissioner races. There are city council races. The churches need to be involved so that we can select the best leaders. Otherwise, as you said, the children of disobedience end up in political power, and then they pass laws which are against religious freedom, against the right to life of the unborn, against the cultural issues that we're trying to preserve, uh, you know, just with common sense. Talk for a minute about education and, you know, how the transgender movement is impacting public schools. Do you think people ought to run for school board? Oh, absolutely, because what the schools are doing now is they're promoting an agenda, this transgender agenda. What they're doing is they're essentially indoctrinating our children with lies, and that is tyranny. Anytime a leader of anything turns to deceit, he is a liar, he is a tyrant. And so one of our one of our chapters, our, our chapter in Western New York, just just went to the as a group, one pastor up there, who's leading it. He called eleven pastors together, and they went to the school board and challenged the school board on the pornographic books that they're they're putting in libraries. They challenged them to put to put children's godly children's books in the library, and they're and they're still engaging in that battle. Our chapter down in uh, Virginia Beach recently began to do the same thing, going before the school board and challenging what they're doing, the agenda that they're pursuing. And uh, this needs to happen all over America. Pastors are a moral authority in their community, regardless of what, you know, the church seem, you know, the, the world likes to marginalize the church, but the church has to begin to assert itself in local government as the salt of the earth. That's how we act as a curator. Yeah, and the, the local GLAD or GLSEN groups they're donating homosexual books to the school libraries. They, they, they pay for them out of their own pocket and give them to the librarian and say, here, teach all the public school children about our, our ideas. Pastors need to step up, not just protest uh, the adding of sexually prurient books, but donating our own Christian books, like you said. Why can't they be in the school library at least accessible to the same children? Pastor, we have just a minute left. Would you lead our audience in a word of prayer? I'd be delighted. And I just want to say one more time, uh, please go to our website, abrr.us, sign our pledge, join the, join the cause, and begin to donate $5 a month to this, to this ministry. And we thank you for that ahead of time. Thank you so much. God, we, we come to you now with this, with this discussion that we've had. I pray that you would seal these words in the hearts and minds of everyone who is hearing them. I pray that many would stand up and begin to assert themselves in local government and civil government, that many pastors would find the courage, deep down the courage to stand in defense of liberty. God, I know if, we, if the church doesn't do it, liberty will be lost forever. And Lord, I know once it's lost, it'll, it will never be regained. So God, we pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, we ask that you would move mightily by your spirit and that what we are doing would become a great awakening across this land that many would turn to righteousness and lead, that many pastors would turn to righteousness and they would lead their congregations in righteousness and they would abandon wokeism and transgenderism and all the nonsense that's being foisted on the church today. Father, we thank you for these things in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Email your pastor today that website, abrr.us and ask him or her to sign the Gideon's 300 Pledge. I've signed it, my name's on his wall right there. We need your pastor to visit abrr.us. Our website is prayinjesusname.org. Please donate when you visit prayinjesusname.org. 
this is a viewer-sponsored broadcast. We cannot do this without your support. Please donate or call us for prayer at 866-ObeyGod. We'll see you next time. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-ObeyGod. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.